It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. Port, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Day six, the Code of Conduct. What is the value of having a Code of Conduct? In the early days, a Code of Conduct was tended to be lawyer-written and lawyer-driven to wave in a regulator's face during an enforcement action as proof of ethical behavior. Is such a legalistic code effective? Is a code of conduct more than simply your company's internal law? What should be the goal in the creation of your code of conduct? How important is the code of conduct? Well, the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners said it's the number one prevention, preventer of fraud. But how about consider the 2016 SEC enforcement action involving United Airlines, which turned on violation of the company's code of conduct. The breach of the code of conduct was determined to be an FCPA internal controls violation. It involved a clear quid pro quo benefit paid out by United Airlines to David Sampson, the former chairman of the board of the directors of the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, the public government entity, which has authority over, among other things, United Operations, the company's huge East Coast hub at Newark, New Jersey. The actions of former United CEO Jeff Smizek in personally approving the benefits granted to favor Samson violated the company's internal controls around giving gifts to government officials by failing not only to follow United's code of conduct, but also violating it. The $2.4 million civil penalty leveled upon United was in addition to its 2016 non-prosecution agreement settlement with the Department of Justice, which resulted in a penalty of $2.25 million. The scandal also cost the resignation of Smizek and two high-level executives from United. In the 2020 FCPA Resource Guide, the DOJ and SEC stated, a company's code of conduct is often the foundation upon which an effective compliance program is built. As the DOJ has repeatedly noted, the most effective codes are clear, concise, and accessible to all employees and to those conducting business on the company's behalf. The 2020 update further specified as a threshold matter, prosecutors should examine whether the company has a code of conduct that sets forth, among other things, the company's commitment to full compliance with relevant federal laws that is accessible and applicable to all company employees. The antitrust guidance also specified, quote, if the company has a code of conduct, are the antitrust policies and principles included in that document, end quote. The 2020 FCPA Resource Guide, 2020 Update to the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs, and the Antitrust Guidance go on to make clear that it is difficult to effectively implement a compliance program if it is not available in the local language so that the employees and the foreign subsidiaries can assess, access it, and understand it. When assessing a compliance program, the DOJ and SEC will review whether the company has taken steps to make certain the code of conduct remains current and effective and whether a company has periodically reviewed and updated its code. There are several purposes which should be communicated in your code of conduct. The overriding goal is for all employees to follow what is required of them under the code of conduct. You can do this by communicating those requirements to providing a process for proper decision-making, then requiring that all persons subject to the code of conduct put these standards into everyday business practice. Such actions are some of your best evidence that your company upholds and support proper compliance. 
The substance of your code of conduct should be tailored to your company's culture and to its industry and corporate identity. It should provide a mechanism by which the employees who are trying to do the right thing in compliance and in business ethics can do so. The code of conduct can be used as a basis for employee review and evaluation. It should be certainly be invoked if there is a violation. Your company's disciplinary procedure must be stated in the code. These would include all forms of discipline up to and including dismissal for serious violations of the code. Further, your company's code should emphasize it will comply with all applicable laws, regulations, wherever it does business. The code needs to be written in plain English and translated into other languages as necessary so that all applicable persons can understand it. The three most important things about your compliance program, of course, are document, document, document. The same is true in communicating your company's code of conduct. You need to do more than simply put it on your website and tell folks it's there and available and that they should read it. You need to document that all employees and anyone else that your code of conduct applies to has received it, read it, and understands it. The DOJ expects that each company to begin with its compliance program with a very publicly announced, very robust code of conduct. If your company does not have one, you need to implement one forthwith. However, your code of conduct is not a static document to be put on the shelf and never reviewed again. For just as your compliance program is a living entity, it should be constantly evolving. The same is true for your code of conduct. If your company has not reviewed or assessed your code of conduct for five years, do so in short order. As much has changed in the compliance world. All of this has become clear in the age of coronavirus. After revisions to your code of conduct, you should develop a plan to communicate the revised document. A rollout is always critical because it is important that revisions are communicated in a manner which encourages employees to review and use the code of conduct on an ongoing basis. Your company should use the full panoply of tools available to it to publicize the revised code of conduct. This can include a multimedia approach, physically handing out a copy to all employees at a designated time. You might consider having a company-wide compliance code of conduct rollout as well. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, every formulation of a best practices compliance program starts with a written code of conduct. Number two, the substance of your code of conduct should be tailored to the company's cultures, to its industries, and corporate identity. Number three, document, document, document your training efforts and your communication efforts. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. I hope you will join me for the entire month of January where I take a look at some of the significant changes in compliance and FCPA enforcement which occurred in 2020 and will help inform your compliance program going forward into 2021 and indeed beyond. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.